Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome along to the post-match show. If you are joining us on the Optus Football Podcast, thank you as well for joining us. We are reflecting on another fantastic day, day three of the Women's World Cup here in Australia and New Zealand. We'll have all of the highlights and analysis from our two experts, Tanya Oxby and Thomas Sorensen. And Thomas, there is only one place that we can start. We are literally recording this minutes after Denmark have just won by a goal to nil against China. Relieved? Relieved. Um, you know, we knew this was, was going to be a cup final for both teams, you know, with England, the big favourite. Um, but especially with Haiti putting up a great fight, I think this game meant even more. And, and you know, Denmark, I thought, went for it. Um, you know, they put two strikers on, uh, put the pressure on China, and eventually it budged uh, right at the end. It took a bit too long for my liking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tanya, there was a few calls, as we can see there, that potentially this one could have been offside. But fortunately for Denmark, the call went their way. Yeah, initially when we were watching it, I think we both kind of looked at each other and thought, oh, no, is that going to be called offside? But... The goals stood. Um, it's it's what Denmark deserved. They had the better of the chances. I thought they were super aggressive in the second half, not just with the ball, but actually off the ball as well in terms of the way they pressed and um, tried to keep China a little bit sort of deeper. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's what they deserved in the end. Yeah, Amelie Vamsgaard coming off the bench, having been missing from training on Wednesday in the week. Denmark having a lot of trouble with not having a recognised striker available. Penilla Harder starting there once again. But let's take a look at those other Denmark chances then that they did have during the second half that kind of built their momentum to lead up to this goal and you enjoyed Thomas the more positive approach that they adopted in the second period yeah at times it was a little bit more like direct as, as we see here and, and the ball falls to Hasbro and you know she's got so much time and clear open goal but but it's just a little bit of composure in that time and she is 21 plays in America hasn't played a lot of football she's just come in the team uh, but this one, uh, whew, you know, another just, <laughs> just that last little bit of getting on the end of it. Um, but having seen a Bruin come in, yeah. just that little bit of more physicality in the box, it, it just meant that China were pushed back. Yeah, was that, was that the difference actually when Bruin came on in, in a way, Tanya? Because it gave them a bit more of a focal point, it felt. It did, and it sort of freed um, Penilla Harder up a little bit as well to, you know, the focus kind of wasn't just on her and she was able to run. We saw a chance there where she's running behind and... Yeah, I thought that that was super positive when she came on and everything good sort of either came through her or was she was finishing, as you can see there. So, yeah, it was um, for me, it was a surprise maybe that she didn't start, but she definitely brought the energy and, and changed the game when she came on. China did have their chances, particularly in the first half, but there was also one, Thomas, that made you feel a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Denmark took that very late lead. You uh, had your heart in your mouth at this point, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and especially as a former keeper, you know, these are the heartbreaking moments or the split seconds where you, you don't <laughs> want to be there because anything could happen. But luckily it was offside and, and the defender actually on the line did a great job at, at just scooping up because uh, why this Chinese player doesn't get in over the line is, is beyond me. 
perhaps she'll be relieved to see what the referee <laughs> did afterwards. <laughs> yeah. stuff anyway. We're kind of being a bit mean showing you that because we're basically just making you relive the pain, but it yeah. would have been fine anyway. You know what? We, we know the score lines. And I can you stayed in it. your seat this time, <laughs> so that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, he certainly was not on his seat when that goal went in. OK, well, the other game in Group D took place just before and it finished with the same scoreline, this time to England. They beat Haiti by a goal to nil. And, of course, Mark Schwarzer was there for us. And, Mark, it was a bit of a difficult afternoon for England. Yeah, Kelly, this is one of these games that we've seen so far in this tournament, like the so-called bigger teams, bigger countries, having a sluggish start in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it looks similar to the Matildas, though, Swartz, isn't it? You know, a win's a win. You know, you get the first points on the board for the tournament. That's three points. And all you need, more or less, is another three, and you're through to the next phases. And it's all about building momentum. And I suppose that's what England will go away sort of uh, saying after this performance. I think for Serena Vigman, I spoke to her after the game, and she talked about very much that. about There was a sense of relief getting that game you know, out of you and picking up those three points because they are a very dangerous opponent, uh, Haiti, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they really were. You know, they, they were very impressive. Uh, you know, n none more so than Dumane, the 19-year-old, who's going to be an absolute superstar, I think, in the future. She was a huge threat throughout. And some of the chances that actually Haiti had and created, you know, it would have been fair to say that they could have got a draw and probably would have deserved it on the night. But it wasn't to be. England held out. But you have to say in terms of at the back... Is it a little bit of a worry going through the tournament against higher calibre of opposition with the speed of play that they have? If you leave the likes of Carter and Bright on their own, are they going to get exposed? Well, I think that's going to be the biggest problem and the biggest question, I think, for Serena Wigman uh, going forward is that do they continue with that partnership? I mean, I mean, for me, Millie Bright has to start. Do they change the formation? Do they maybe go three at the back? Uh, so look, I don't think they'll change it that much. I mean... Vagman's not really changed her system throughout even the Euros. She likes what she likes. She doesn't really change the team too much either. Um, it will be interesting to see if they do start daily over Russo in the next game, though, because I thought she looked lively, as did James. So, you know, But there's still lots of positives for them to take. Well, the positive, I suppose, is Georgia Stanway scoring her first ever goal at a World Cup. Yeah, she did take two goes at it because she got, you know, the goalkeeper made a fantastic save too. She was actually brilliant for Haiti tonight. So I think for, 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 for England... Like we mentioned, job done. And Mary Earps, got to mention as well, how big a save was that? Yeah, it was an absolute wonderful save at the end, wasn't it? And that's what your keepers get paid to do, isn't it? As you'll know, Swartz, you know, nice big foot at the end. But, yeah, lots to take. A bit like the Matildas. Job done, first game, three points and onwards. Shall at this point I mention that Mark Schwartz had tweeted me earlier to say, come on, Haiti. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, anyway, let's look back on that penalty then that did give England all three points in the end because, as Mark said, it did take Georgia Stanway two attempts to score. England have missed their three previous penalties as well. She was saved by the referee after the referee spotted encroachment. And she did show nerves of steel and some calmness, Tanya, to be able to retake that penalty and score at the second attempt. Yeah, it's a tough once you've taken the first one, it hasn't gone where you want it to go and then um, essentially you have to step up and take it again. Uh, do you go the same way? Do you change? Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting one, but she was cool, calm and collected and, and put it away. And, you know, as we've spoken about, I mean, we're watching the penalty, um, the penalty here and I'm... I'm not too sure what she's thinking there, if I'm honest. I'm, I, uh, I want to try and defend her, but I'm not quite sure. talk about yet. natural and unnatural position. Yeah, that's not get much that. more yeah. unnatural than that, does it? Yeah, and, and here we see the, the great save that the keeper made. But, but Louise, you know, would, you know, that handball, it's, it's just unforgivable. And, and really, Haiti would look back at this game, two clear chances. 
you know, the you know, stupid penalty that you give away, keep safe the first one. But this is what the big teams do. They win these kind of games. Yeah, they do. And that was what it was mainly about, wasn't it? Winning today for England when they weren't at their best. I mean, we saw it in the Euros as well. Their opening game in the Euros, they weren't fluent. They, they were patchy. They got the win job done, built some momentum. I thought the performance today resembled a little bit of that. Um, and that's not taking anything away from Haiti because I thought they were fantastic. But England looked a little bit disjointed and a little bit rusty. And I think that 90 minutes is going to really serve them well. Um, they've got the three points on the board and now they just need to continue that momentum and start to build. Yeah, lots of new partnerships for England and lots of new players in the team as well because of the fact that they've had retired players and injuries as well. So how, how can it how difficult can it be to sometimes form those partnerships? Does it take a few games? It does. It's all about communication, especially in a back four in particular. And, you know, you, it, it's almost got to become instinctual. And if that, if, and that takes time. It doesn't just happen. So, yeah, I think, you know, that 90 minutes will serve well. Um, I would personally like to see Greenwood sort of um, come inside a little bit more and sit alongside Millie Bright. But that's just, I guess, my preference. <laughs> um, and, and Jess Carter go out onto the left. But, yeah, I think that consistency consistency of the back four is really important in tournament football if you, if you can keep them together. Okay, talking of Millie Bright, Mark Schwarz also caught up with the central defender and Lionesses captain after the game. Hi Millie, just want to congratulations first and foremost on the win. Thank you very much. How tough a game did Haiti make it for you tonight? Yeah, it was really tough. It was uh, a physical, they're very powerful and, and strong and very quick. Um, so we had to make sure at the back we were nice and tight and yeah, I think we're really happy that we kept a clean sheet. Um, Created a lot of chances, um, but yeah, they were a really challenging team and I think it's a, a game that we expected. For you personally, I mean, it's been a tough second half of the season, I haven't played a lot of football, there was kind of a race to get back to fitness. How do you feel now personally after this 90 minutes at a World Cup? Yeah, I feel really good. You know, I've put in the hard yards off the pitch, uh, on the pitch leading up to the tournament. Obviously not everyone's seen the work that's been going on behind the scenes. Um, so I've done absolutely, absolutely everything I can to be in the best possible place for the team. Um, and yeah, it just felt really nice to be back out there, to be honest. Was there a sense of relief, get that first game underway? It's been a long week, couple of weeks of preparation, finally get that uh, game under your belt and obviously the three points. Yeah, just most important, I'm just happy that we got the clean sheet and the three points. Um, and I think we created so many chances in the game, we just needed that final clinical piece and putting it in the back of the net. But yeah, ultimately it's about getting the job done and like I said, getting the win. Overall performance, are you you happy with it so far at this early stage of the tournament? Yeah, it's, it's the first game of the tournament for us. Um, and I think we've seen from all the results so far in the tournament that they've been really tight, the games have been really tough. I think the level of the game has gone up yet again. Um, so it's going to be even harder this year for everyone. Uh, but I think for us, it's, it's a baseline, we build on it. Um, but like I said, ultimately, we played ugly at times to get the job done and that's what tournament requires. What was it like finally to play in such a front of a huge crowd and there's a, such a huge support for England out there as well, all this way, so far away from England? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. The fans are incredible as always and they're always a, a vital part of the game. Um, and for us, we love playing in front of big crowds and, you know, they were noisy tonight and cheering us on. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think it was a really good evening. I wish you all the very best. Thank you very much. A first competitive game for Millie Bright since March, since she got injured. And Tanya, as her coach at Chelsea, she's worked so hard to get to this point. How did you think she did on her first return? Because she has not been rushed back, but she knew she had this target that she had to get back for. Yeah, I'm really pleased that she's managed to get through 90 minutes. It's going to do her the world of good, do her confidence the world of good. Um, 
like we just spoke about, making sure that they can keep some consistency across that back four is going to be important. And I thought one of the key things that Millie spoke about there is another clean sheet. Whilst they probably weren't at their best, they've again kept a clean sheet. That is a trait under um, Serena that, you know, they pride themselves on making sure they keep themselves in games. And, you know, Millie's going to be a massive part of that to get 90 minutes under her belt. Um, you know, really pleased for her. Millie was a massive part of that, but Mary Earps was also called <laughs> mm -hmm. into action with a huge save with her feet in the second half. We also don't we, Thomas, need to give a lot of credit to Haiti on their tournament debut for the performance they put in. Superb. I think they summed it up, the guys at, at the stadium. You know, the physicality, the power. You know, Dumene, you know, <laughs> so young, but, but she did so much. And, and again, they would look at this and say, we were so close to beating the European Championship, one of the best teams in the world. And, you know, they've, they've got more to do in this tournament. Yeah, this is how Group D currently stands then. Denmark and England, both on three points, nothing separating them at the moment. Both won by a goal to nil today. But it makes for quite an interesting kind of end, doesn't it? Maybe that's what we expected from today's results, Tanya. But Haiti showing they're not just going to be there as rollovers. No, they're not, they're not there to make Push up overs, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not there to make up the numbers. They're going to have a massive say. And I wouldn't be surprised if they cause a few more upsets along the way. And it's going to, you know, that, that group is still wide open for me with the games coming up. And, um, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Haiti to, to cause a few upsets along the way. OK, well, before we move on to some of the other games that took place today, let's get some more reaction from the England and Haiti fans. They spoke to Michelle Escobar post-match. It's World Cup fever at Cheers Bar, the unofficial home of football in Sydney. There's fans from all corners of the globe, Aussies, Japanese, Colombians, English and Haitians. A big group of Irish fans were here though. When Georgia Stanway missed that penalty, they were cheering Haiti, Haiti. Tough crowd here, Sophie, but the Lionesses had the last laugh. Yeah, in it, they, uh, I don't care who they are, but the English girls, they came through. They won 1-0. This is a happy day for the English. It's a happy day indeed, but the Haitians, they really gave it to England, we didn't they? Through. Yes, we did. I think we represent the, uh, the ultimate first underdog. We were the first people to free ourselves. We're called, I said this before and I'll say it again, we're called Tizo for a reason. Because we are strong, we're bold, and we, we all re represent the underdog for everybody. So if you're an underdog, root for Haiti. Yes, massive effort from Haiti. But the big question is, is it coming home? Of course it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming. Football's coming. There you have it. Oh no, I'm only just. Yeah, I think uh, I think a few of those fans have had a good <laughs> evening. You won't catch me singing that. Uh, Michelle also not singing for us. Why are you not singing for us, Michelle? Well, that wraps up what happened today in the Women's World Cup. But it is another huge day tomorrow, and you can watch it all on Optus Sport. Tomorrow on Optus Sport from the FIFA Women's World Cup, 8 a.m. daily kickoff for your World Cup roundup. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard, Sweden, ranked third in the world, take on South Africa. At five, a big Euro bash when Netherlands face Portugal. Tomorrow night, 7.30, style and swagger in spades. Le Bleu take on the reggae girls, live from the SFS. This is Optus Sport and the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023.
Welcome back to the match day wrap up on Optus Sport. Well, wasn't that penalty saved by Kim Trans just spectacular? It was a true highlight of the day indeed. Now, despite the scoreline, I can tell you that the support for Vietnam at Eden Park was absolutely massive. Every touch, every tackle, every pass was cheered on by, at times, felt like the whole stadium. But to analyse the USA's performance, it's back to you, Kelly, Tanya and Thomas. Thank you. Well, a dominant performance from the USA and a 13th straight World Cup victory for them. Thomas, they just know how to do it at this level. That was fairly routine for them, wasn't it? Yeah, and we expected it. Um, you know, they got an early goal, uh, obviously missed the penalty, but um, you know, even managed to get Rapino on for her 200th cap at the end. You know, it was just a, a great first, you know, you know, first game and, uh, you know, getting into this tournament, we've seen the goal. The first one, the, the layoff uh, from Morgan was, was tremendous. Um, and, and this one, uh, it's a little bit of a shambles with the keeper and through the legs and everything else, but they all count. But yeah, they were the best team today. Yeah, Sophia Smith will get the headlines, two goals and an assist, just 23 years old. How exciting is she, Tanya? She's amazing, you know, and to think how young she is and, and how much success she's already having. Um, it's scary, really, when you think about how much more she's got to improve. So, you know, great start for her to the tournament, um, setting the bar nice and high. We spoke about scoring early and setting the tone, and I thought that, you know, the USA then got into their rhythm and, and it was really difficult for, for Vietnam to try and uh, stem the tide. You mentioned Megan Rapino before, Thomas, her 200th appearance for the USA national side. But she didn't have it all her own way today, did she? She had chances, but she couldn't get the goal that I'm sure she would have wanted, knowing her. Yeah, you know, but I'm sure she doesn't mind. Uh, it's, it's a great milestone and, and she'll have plenty more chances uh, today, uh, also later in the tournament. Uh, you know, she'll still be an important part as a leader, um, as a substitute player, potentially as a starter as well. Yes, well, another impressive performance from her nonetheless. She was still in at the hearts of the action. Let's get some reaction from that game. Then Narelle caught up with Sophia Smith post-match and get this, she became the second youngest US player to score multiple goals in a World Cup game. I'm sure she enjoyed it. Let's find out. Sophia, congratulations. Two goals and an assist. How was the first taste of the World Cup for you? It was good. I, w I went into it with kind of a lot of nerves, a little bit of anxiousness, but getting on the ball, playing a little bit, I felt more relaxed. We, we felt like ourselves out there. I think we're happy with, you know, the result, but we also know that we have so much more to give too. Vietnam, they made you work for it, didn't they? Was that what you were expecting? We go into every game expecting, you know, teams to be really good. We respect every team. We know that this is a World Cup. The competition is never easy, and we, we go into it knowing that and fully expecting that. And what did you think of the crowd today? Amazing. We felt their energy every second of the game and people showed up. It almost felt like a home game. Netherlands up next. Maybe one thing to work on before then, would you say? Um, I think we have lots of things to work on going into the next game, but that's exciting. You know, we don't want to peak quite yet. We want to keep getting better and going into the next game, that's our focus. Just, you know, working on the little things that we know we can be better at. I get the feeling that isn't the last time we'll be talking about Sophia Smith over the next few weeks here 
on Optus Sport. Let's take a look ahead to some of the games that are taking place tomorrow then. And one of those is the Netherlands, the 2019 finalists taking on Portugal, another one of the teams debuting in this tournament. That's tomorrow from 5pm. Tanya, a lot of the talk with the Netherlands has been dominated by the fact they're going to be without Vivian Miedemar. Of course, she's one of the high-profile casualties that Arsenal had this season with an ACL injury. How do you see them doing without her this year? I think they've got enough quality and a lot and enough depth to um, to be able to cover that. It's not ideal. Um, you you want a, a player of uh, Miedemar's kind of quality in your team, but they've got enough. I think they've got enough depth to really give this tournament um, a real good shake. So it's going to be a tough first game for them against Portugal. But again, if they start well, maybe an early goal, get their rhythm, um, get minutes for some players just to bed them in. I think, yeah, that they're going to go a long way in this tournament. I feel like today, Haiti in particular, have set the bar quite high for teams that are debuting at this tournament. So we're excited to see what Portugal can bring. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they, they went through the, the playoffs to, to get there the hard way. And, uh, you know, they, they'll come in here with, with a lot to prove. And, and, you know, I think we've seen that the bottom of, of, of the football pyramid has come up. You know, they're, they're chasing the teams in front and belief as well that they can do it. Um, you know, so why not? You know, why not cause another? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We are wrapping up everything from day three of the Women's World Cup here in Australia and New Zealand. Thomas Sorensen and Tanya Oxtoby alongside me in the studio. One of the games that we haven't yet spoken about from today was Japan 5, Zambia 0. Zambia's World Cup debut today and also Japan's biggest win at a World Cup ever. But to give a little bit of context, Japan, of course, won this back in 2011 and were runners-up in 2015. So Zambia come a long way. A difficult start for them today, Tanya. It was, and I thought Japan really controlled the game. Their technical ability really showed, um, you know, their, their passing accuracy and able, they were able to move the ball. And it, it made it difficult for Zambia to get any kind of rhythm in the game because essentially, the, you know, every time they looked like they were going to get some structure, um, you know, Japan changed the point of attack and they looked like they were chasing shadows for a little bit of the game. OK, let's take a look at Japan's fourth goal then because this one was pretty impressive. What did you like about this in terms of the build-up and the execution, Thomas? Yeah, but I think that's what recognises Japan, the movement, uh, you know, there's the technical ability, you know, in small spaces as well to get it out wide and, you know, across the keeper, you know, everything in that build-up was, was perfect. Uh, the movement, the passing, um, you know, the composure, everything. Uh, and that's what Japan, you know, it reminds us a little bit of Spain and the way they play, you know, and so good to watch. Yeah, they did repel them for so long, Zambia, didn't they? But once they got that goal, the opening goal, the floodgates sort of opened. And as well as having goals, this goal game also had a fair bit of drama at the end, Tanya. <laughs> Just for something different. We, you know, we like a little bit of drama. But, yeah, I think, I, I think for me, what I really, really enjoyed watching, um, you know, here was... Oh, oh. You could t she could see that that challenge was coming and she rode the challenge really, really well and... Yeah, I felt for the keeper here. I think there was like 30 seconds left or something. And um, yeah, it's, it's 
it's a clear penalty. Um, <laughs> you know, Do you feel for the keeper, Thomas? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm you know, I've been there help, myself yeah. a few times where you think you've got it, but you haven't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was it, a, it was, I mean, look. Uh, oh. This was this was unfortunate as well, wasn't it? Well, um, go on, Thomas, talk us through this from your point of view. Yeah, come, on. come on. Yeah, you know, we've seen it a couple of times today, you know, the keeper moving off the line and, and uh, you know, that's the rules and you, you have to abide to it. Uh, you know, some keepers get that timing she was right. quite far off her line, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, even on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what, Japan, that was the name of the game. They were just composed all the way through. OK, well, this is what it does do for the Group C table. Japan and Spain, both off the mark. Costa Rica and Zambia yet to get a point. Big wins for Japan and Spain early on in Group C. OK, well, let's turn our attention back to tomorrow. And there's going to be a very good game here in Sydney. France taking on Jamaica. France, many people, one of the teams that could go very far in this competition, Tanya. Yeah, really looking forward to this one tomorrow night. Um, I think they've had, obviously, a change of manager. Um, you know, really, they seem to be quite unified. Um, they've got a lot of depth and a lot of quality in their squad. And uh, really looking forward to seeing them sort of opening their campaign. And uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere, I think, uh, in terms of Jamaica and the crowd. It's going to, yes. yeah, it's going to be rocking and it's going to be a great game to be at. You're going to be at it, aren't you? I am going to be there, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, you're going to be there tomorrow. And earlier today, our very own Brie Holden was at French training to get us a lowdown. Well, behind me, France is making some of its final preparations ahead of its opening World Cup match against Jamaica tomorrow night at the Sydney Football Stadium. Heading into their fifth tournament, Le Bleu will be hoping to pick up their maiden World Cup title and get off to a dominant start against Jamaica. It hasn't been a dream lead-up to this World Cup tournament by any means for the French side. Coach Herve Reynard taking the reins in just March this year. That's after his predecessor fell out with several high-profile players who threatened to boycott the World Cup tournament if things didn't change. Despite that, France still managed to qualify top of their World Cup group and under Reynard, well, he's brought in those players back into the fold and since then they've lost just one game in lead up to this tournament. That, of course, coming against Australia in Melbourne last Friday. On the pitch, the return of leading goal scorer Eugenie L. Summers will be crucial to bolstering this attack. That's in the absence of Marie Antoinette Katoto, who will miss the tournament due to an ACL injury that she picked up playing for PSG, just one of several players to miss this tournament due to an ACL injury. Now behind L. Summers, the pace of Diani, Sandy Baltimore and Delphine Casanero will be crucial to peppering the Jamaican defence. While at the back for France, we still don't know if Selma Butcher will be taking to the pitch tomorrow night if they'll risk her against this Jamaican side. But if they don't, they will be vulnerable in that left back position. Despite that, on paper, this French side are certainly the favourites. They're the fifth ranked team in the world. And they're coming up against a Jamaican side who are yet to win a World Cup match. That said, the reggae girls will certainly be looking to build on their 2019 performance. And crucial to that will be the likes of Khadija Shaw, their Manchester City star, Manchester City's top goal scorer last season and their player of the season. She will be crucial to everything the reggae girls put out on the pitch. But should the French neutralise her, well then Trudy Carter, 
and Jody Brown will be stepping up and looking to build on their goals in qualifying. And behind them, well, things are pretty green for Jamaica. A lot of players looking to make their World Cup debut, just nine players surviving that 2019 tournament. For the reggae girls, maybe that will be the element of surprise they need against Le Bleu. But I know the captain of this French side, Wendy Reynard, says this is the team to get something special in Australia and New Zealand. Whether or not she's right, we'll find out live right here on Optus Sport tomorrow night. We will indeed. Tanya, very much looking forward to joining Brie Pitchside for that one. Tanya, what kind of chances do you give Jamaica in this one? I think if Kadisha Shaw has anything to say mm. about it, she's going to play a massive role. I think France needs to be really careful. And, um, you know, if she gets on the ball and starts making things happen, um, you know, they're going to have they're going to have opportunities but I'd expect France to control the game I would expect them to be um, you know creating most of the chances but I do think that on the on the counter that yeah Jamaica's got a chance yeah and when they come with pace and power uh, and they got a striker like Kadisha Shaw you know you always got a, shot, a chance we saw Nigeria with uh, you know you know they they did more or less the same and it's gonna you know France needs to be in that source yeah, I should also say that I actually went along and interviewed Khadija Shaw at the end of last season at Manchester City. You can check out that interview on the Optus Sport app if you want to find out more about her. She's had a remarkable journey. She's also a remarkable character as well. So well worth checking that out. That's on the Optus Sports app. And welcome back to the final part of our review show where we're wrapping up everything from today and also looking ahead to Sunday's action. The only game we haven't spoken about yet is Sweden, ranked third in the world, who are taking on South Africa. That one gets underway at 2 p.m. Eastern time in Wellington. Thomas, how do you rate South Africa's chances in this one? Because it's a pretty daunting task for them against the Sweden side who have big aspirations of going far. Yeah, but they won the African Cup of Nations. So they, they come into to this tournament with, with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, Maybe not a lot of well-known names, but, but again, they're a team. They'll come with that athletic ability as well. And, you know, that, you know we've seen it so many times in this tournament that, that that'll take you a long way and they'll be organised, um, you know, and probably sit back and try to hit Sweden uh, on the counter-attack. Sweden got to the semi-finals of the 2019 World Cup and last summer's Euros. They're going to be determined, aren't they, to go at least one better this time, Tanya? I think so. I think they're always there and thereabouts, aren't they, in every tournament? And you wouldn't expect anything less with the quality that they've got within their squad and the depth that they've got in their squad. And, you know, we've seen that first games in this tournament have been tr tricky, but I, I would like to think that Sweden have got enough firepower to... to yeah, get past uh, South Africa and get three points on the board. Well, that game does kick off the action here on Optus Sports. Tomorrow coverage of that one beginning at 2pm Eastern from Wellington. Then it'll be Netherlands versus Portugal. Coverage for that one gets underway at 5pm. And then here in Sydney, France versus Jamaica. We'll be doing all the build-up from 7.30 Eastern. Come on then, guys. Which one are you most looking forward to tomorrow? Uh, you know what? France, I think, uh, you know, here in Sydney, what, what a game that's going to be against the Jamaican side, which will bring some colour for sure. Yes, you're looking forward to that. 100% France-Jamaica, that's, that's me. Yeah, I can't wait to get there and, and feel the atmosphere. It's going to be fantastic. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch the two games before that as well? Both. Yes, watch them all. Or three everything. More, three more games to come for you on Optus Sport tomorrow. The home of the Women's World Cup, the only place you can watch every minute of every game between now and August the 20th. Thank you once again for being with us today. We look forward to you joining us tomorrow. Bye-bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.